0: Hello there and welcome to episode four of the Go Ahead Dublin Championship show here on Dubs TV. This week we're talking hurling and looking back at an epic weekend of Go Ahead Dublin Senior A Hurling Championship quarterfinal action that we had here at Parnell Park over the weekend. Two of the four games going to extra time. A thrilling weekend it has to be said. We're we'll looking back at those games and looking ahead to the semi-finals to come in a couple of weekends time as well. And a little bit later on, Ranley Gales is our club focus for this week. Their chairman, Joe Davitt, is going to be joining us to tell us all about the great work being done at their club, uh, talking about the issues they face and their aims and plans for the future as well. That's to come a little bit later on. First of all, though, let's talk curling. Okay, joining us this week to take a look back at what was a brilliant weekend of Go Ahead Dublin Senior A hurling quarter final action, and look ahead to the semi finals as well. What's to come is former Dublin Under Twenty hurling manager Paul O'Brien. Paul, thanks a million for joining us.
1: No problem, Derek.
0: I was chatting to you in Parnell Park over the weekend, Paul. Uh, what a weekend it was for really brilliant, brilliant, brilliant games. Uh, two of them going to extra time. Was, uh, starting with the Nafina versus Jude's game on. Saturday afternoon, going to extra time, going all the way before Nafina came out on top, and finishing with Bowden versus Kula, also going to extra time. Just an ex- exceptional weekend of entertainment for us this weekend.
1: Yeah, you know what? It was actually it was really enjoyable, and I suppose after the the group stages, which didn't produce too much drama, there was maybe three or four games over the course of the of the three rounds that were were of a high quality and were, were entertaining and had. A certain amount at stake. It was great to get four good, four really good games at, at the at the weekend, you know. And it's, I suppose, the the way the championship format is changing next year to just the ten teams. We're going to get that quality of games all the time because I don't think there's a huge amount between the that top seven, eight, nine teams in the county, and it's going to lead to a really good championship for for next year with the with the change format and t- two great semi-finals and finals to come as well.
0: Yeah, big time. Um, just having a look at the quarterfinal uh, results. Just first of all, Nafina beating St. Jude by 26 points to 23 after extra time. A, a brilliant game of hurling. Uh, Lucan Sarsfields getting past Craig Kieron by 120 to 116. Another really good game of hurling on Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday, we saw Chemical crokes beating uh, St. Alva Plunkadon Row by 126 to 19 points. And Ballyboden St. Enda's losing out. Cooler beating Ballyboden St. Enda's by 127 to 28 points after extra time another great game of hurling and it leads to the semi-final draw which took place after the Ballyboden kula game and Kula will meet Chemical croaks in the semi-final with Luke and Sarsfield taking on Nafina, two really uh, big semi-finals, uh, very much looking forward to those as well uh, coming up the weekend after next uh, Paul, where to start is is, is the thing because there, there is so much to talk about over the weekend, we'll start with the with the game, the first game of the weekend, we'll go in chronological order, Nafina versus St. Jude's, a really, um, a game that many people maybe weren't expecting to be as tight as it, as it was, a lot of people felt Jude's would would put it up to Nafina, but ultimately felt that Nafina would maybe pull clear towards the end, obviously it didn't really turn out that way, there were opportunities in, in, in normal time, uh, and in extra time really for Jude's to, to end up winning it, obviously Nafina pulled clear in the end, and And finish the stronger in that last last half of extra time. How do you see this game overall?
1: Yeah, and you know that kind of rhetoric heading into the game that Nafina were considerably ahead of Jouds probably probably was uh, done a disservice to Jouds. Like the the way the Nafina group went, they were after playing two games that they, they strolled to and even beating Crave, they had a really good opening 15 minute period there that kind of knocked Crave for, for six or whatever. So Nafina hadn't been challenged before. And if you, you look at that in contrast to the Judes where they were after playing serious championship intensity games against Luke and, and Vincent's in advance against to that, like it was always going to be considerably closer than, 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 than people thought, you know, um, And it was, it was, it it was an interesting game because I suppose they, the two of them kind of had contrasting styles heading, heading into the game and, I suppose nearly nearly replicated by, by, by the two keepers and, and, and how the keepers operated with their pokeouts, like Ross Ross O'Reilly was very much Route One down on down on top of uh Liam Rush, whereas John O'Tracy um, playing his first championship game of the year, he, he, he'd he would he would a good bit more variety to it as well. So like even that aside and, and the different contrasts and how they were playing was was something that was was intriguing to the game. Um like the, the fact that, that Jude's had got them Championship Intensity Games um, prior to going in, they were dogged, and Jude's are a really structured, organised team, and they know, right, where Danny's, Danny's our key threat, but, like, John Carty clipped in with two points, and Kevin LeHiff, and Dermot McLaughlin, and John McManus, they all clipped in with two scores on the board over the course of the game. So, like, they got... A huge amount out of themselves, and um, throughout the game, and um, so like it, it, it was good. It was challenging, and also the way that the game was refereed and um, contributed to it being close as well. Because Jude's kind of thrive in that kind of structured environment as well, you know. So that was that was another factor in terms of them um, being really really close. Um, but kind of in saying that and like Joe's got it, Joe's got an awful lot right. and um, I, I thought Jerry McManus, he done a fantastic job on Donald Burke in terms of marking him. And he marked him very much like a footballer. The vast majority of the time he wasn't even looking at the ball and the discipline required to, to do that is like like there's there's very few there's very few people who'd be as dedicated to the cause to actually go and do that. But yeah, Donald still on two or three occasions, got ball in his hand and clip points from out in the sideline with a millisecond of of, of time, you know, um, and it's it was just that little bit of class of of the likes of Donald Bork and I thought I thought Colin Curry was absolutely excellent, The real a real focal point of attack. Every time ball was delivered in, it stuck to him. It was he was he was really really good, um, and then. Like for me, kind of an unsung hero in in the Nafina team is Peter Feeney. I think he gets through a huge amount of work. He doesn't get the plaudits as much as some of the other lads, but he got through a huge amount of work on the day. And that kind of midfield battle between him and Alan Connolly and John Carty and um, Martin Quilty was there in, in, in patches as well. It was it was really it was really good. It was really good, really, a real a real good challenge between the teams. Um and yeah, you know, it, it was a game I really enjoyed, and I think it's gonna, it's really gonna stand to Nafina as they they head into Lucan in the semi final. You know,
0: yeah, we'll discuss um, maybe that the last Colin Curry's performance was absolutely exceptional. I think he scored uh, six points in in that last uh, second half of extra time, which managed to get Nafina, uh, I guess, over the line in a lot of ways. They ended up winning by three. Um, from a Jude's point of view, will they feel that they? left behind them in, in, in some ways, or is that a bit harsh? I mean, they were 6-1 down very early in the game. They came back, and it was pretty much nip and tuck after that, after that first, first quarter or so where, where, um, where Nafina led. Uh, obviously, Danny leveled it at the very end to bring it to extra time. He had a chance just before that to give them the lead. We didn't know how much uh, injury time there was going to be, so it felt like that could have been the winner. Obviously, it didn't go over, but Danny did level it a few minutes there to bring the game to extra time. And they led then by three at half time of extra time. Will they will they look back on this game and and see uh, a potential semi final uh, appearance has slipped through their hands, or will they look back at it and go, you know, be very proud of their performance and and use it as a building block for for, for next season?
1: Yeah, if, if you go back to the description of the opening quarter there, and and Athena did show into that lead, but. The thing Judes probably left the game behind them in them opening a few minutes. Like they'd five wides from they like they weren't nailed on scores, but they had the right people shooting. Like Danny was shooting and Kevin Hiff was shooting and Fiona Ron Bryn were shooting. And to get them fellas on ball and they were making the right decision to, to shoot and they were just tailing wide. I think there was five in that first quarter. And if they'd if they had gone over that, like Lafina could have been really chasing the game then from from the get-go, you know. And um, but you know, like I don't like obviously when a game goes to extra time and it's 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 extremely tight till the end, the team that loses are going to be disappointed. Like but like both Danny and, and Donald Burke missed a number of freezes throughout the game. And that and that was down to the, the sheer volume of freeze that they they had to take, you know. And I think Colin Curry going on to the freeze in the in the last couple of minutes. Because of how well he was going in play um, and and standing up in, in that second period of extra time. Um like Yuge Kudos has to go to him um and, and take like taking over from Donald is is no easy task, you know. Um so like yeah, Chewitz could be disappointed they lost. Um obviously they're disappointed they lost. But I, I, I think heading into that um, change championship structure next year. Jules are, are a team who will be will be looking to, to drive on and, and, and be successful in that again, you know?
0: Yeah, big time. Um, you mentioned Colin Curry there, and he was incredible. I mean, obviously, Don Burke is, is the main man in that Nafina attack, and rightly so. You, you mentioned some of the scores he pulled off, even even despite being so tightly marked, some of the scores he pulled off. I was right on the sideline from one of them on, into, the, uh, into the church end, and it was just kind of... It, magical to kind to kind of watch it and, and the so so little time he had on the ball to be able to put it over from that from the position, but Colin Curry stepping up then i mean it shows the strength and depth that they have, which you probably need to have uh, if you're going to win this championship
1: yeah definitely look colin curry was was excellent, and it was the fact that um the quality of his runs inside so typically there was just two of them inside for, for large periods of it the quality of his runs and the timing of his runs to get on ball makes him very difficult to mark and the ball was sticking with him um, and invariably he made the right decision either to shoot or to take a man on, like he won a number of frees as well, he, he, he really was excellent and it was good to it was good to see his brother playing a, playing his first bit of hurling of the the championship as well, and I I I think heading into two weeks with two weeks more hurling and training under his belt, and I think Sean curry will be will be a big a big influence in that game as well, heading heading forward and like like with uh, Nafina through the years in, in in league and championship and even at minor and under twenty one games and the Curries are going well and the are going well you know and. Um, it, it it's great that they have that spread of men who are who are doing work um and, and, and making an impact throughout like um like i, I thought I thought one thing that, that hampered Nafina um was the loss of, of Michal Murphy um and the role he'd been playing that we kind of previously discussed with him kind of working off Liam Rush there at at centre back. I think losing him was um was 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 a real Had a real impact, negative impact on 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 how they played the game, and it'll be just interesting to see if 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 back the next day because I I think he adds a huge amount of impetus to them going going forward from that area of the pitch. You know,
0: Um, as a manager yourself, is it nearly the perfect game for Neil O'Callaghan because there has been a lot of talk about Nafina over the past few weeks, and they've obviously done very well in the group stages, and many people tip them to beat Jude's somewhat comfortably. It didn't happen that way. Does this kind of get the Nafina lads' uh, feet back on the ground here a small bit that uh, we, are, we, beat, we beat Jude's here? A lot of positives to take from the game. You, you mentioned that the fighting, the, the, how much they had to dig deep in that game to get through it, which maybe is something that Nafina hasn't been able to do before. So that's a huge positive, but also plenty of learnings to take. From Neil O'Khalikhan's point of view, uh, would he be delighted with, with that performance that he can go into training this week and... And say we need to do a lot not an awful lot more if we're gonna win this county title.
1: Yeah, look, uh no and no Neil O I don't think you'd be too bothered about what other people are saying about FINA or people hyping up FINA I my personal opinion is the four teams left and any of them could win it. And it could be it could be any combination in the final, um, any combination of the four. I think they're they're really, really evenly matched. Um I think it, it's always good to to win a game um be it Nafina or Kula or Lucan have come through their 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 quarterfinals and there's areas of the games they won't be happy with. So that gives a kind of a focus to we'll say this first week of of, of training before heading into the second week second week and, and kind of nailing things down. But I, I I think I think all 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 four teams are gone into it kind of after learning a good bit from their their quarterfinals and I'd say they're all happy enough with the the fact that they're 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 in the championship after after some good teams being knocked out at the weekend, you know.
0: Yeah, and plenty to take from all four games, both learnings and positives. Obviously, from all four performances, uh, we'll move on to the second game on Saturday, which was another cracker. And again, many people kind of felt like it maybe wouldn't be. Uh, it would be like many people felt, Lucan would would win this game again, not comfortably, but would, would end up winning it by a decent enough margin. It wasn't really uh, the case in that regard. Um, Lucan winning out by 120 to 116, Crave getting this uh, the early goal right in the first few minutes of the game to to set the tone, first few seconds of the game to set the tone, and pretty much nip and took all the way to the very end. Lucan ending up pulling clear in the last few minutes to to win it, but uh, up until that stage, it was one of those games which really could have gone either way.
1: Yeah, do you know what, it- it was. I I did think Lucan had win by a few more points. than... well, do you know what? Four to five points is what I was expecting to win by, but I I expected it to be a little bit more comfortable, and um, and like the credit for that is 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 entirely down to, to Crave Care and, and and how they were set up and how they approached the game and like Crave just get the best out of themselves all the time, and one thing. One thing about Crave Karen is Crave Karen have a really good blend of fellas who are really sharp stick men, and then they have workers. but the fellas who are stick men as well, they work extremely hard, but there seems to be a kind of intuitive thing built into them that they know. We have to get the ball to the shooters and the fellas who are going to do damage on the scoreboard, and they very much do that. Like the, the amount of ball they play through, and um, obviously the likes of Billy Ryan and Keane Derwin are are, are well talked about, but, but Robbie Madden, um, with his experience, Gary Kelly, and um, Connor Ryan as well. The amount of ball they, they they play through them is is fantastic, and they get they get a huge amount out of them, and they know how to. Get them into the positions on on in the pitch at the right time, you know, and um, and they were, like, they they did they a right chance of winning it. They did a right chance of winning it, um, and just just tailed off. Like that was another game where we're kind of both free takers, two very good free takers, Keen and Kane and Dowser missed missed a number as well, but they kind of even each other out, so it wasn't didn't have a a massive massive impact on the final outcome of the game, but. Yeah, but you know what, it it was it, it was a really it was a really good performance by Crave and um like again y- y- you talk about Nafina and the Nafina result against Crave Cairon. I don't think that, that was it was a result that done either team justice and it was a little bit it, it, it was skewed. Um and like Crave Crave are never gonna lie down and and, and, and accept the beating at any stage and that'll that'll always be the case.
0: I think, um, from what I can gather, Lucan didn't move ahead to, uh, for the first time until around the 50th minute is when they finally moved ahead. So it wasn't one of these games where Crave had this fantastic start and then tailed off or were clinging on for a large parts of the game. They led by two, three points at different times in the game, which shows uh, that they were right in this game right until the very end. What was the difference in that last few minutes? Was it the panel? Was it the fact that Lucan were able to bring a few different lads off the bench? What, what, was, what was the winning of the game for Lucan in the end?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, obviously, crave were 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 ahead at half time, and um, like, and and I'd be I'd be I'd be a big fan of 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 Chris in the half back line, like he was moved up to centre forward and he scored four points in the second half and it very much became the two crummies were were the focal point for for Luke and throughout the game, you know, and like. It, it it's disappointing in one way that, that, that Chris had to go up there and be that person who who drove them on in the forwards. But like he 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 was excellent just winning ball and kind of stepping back over the shoulder, like trademark, trademark Chris Groomie scores. And yeah, he 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 was he, he was excellent. But but also to add in Keen McHugh came on and he got on an amount of ball and he got two scores, and I think his impact as well um made made a difference. Um Donald Flannery got a score as well um when he came on after you know Charlie Kerr, young Charlie Kerr was really, really good in the in the first quarter of the game and was one of the few Lucan fellas who really stepped up when they were really up against it in that in in that period. Um, And like you talk about a difference, like there wasn't many goals over the weekend. There was only there was it was four. The team scored one goal. Like when, when the chance arose, like Paul Crummy finished it well. You know, and it when when them when them chances come, you you need to have your 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 good men on the ball, and that's with with a lot of the teams. It was it was the key men who 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 got them goals in the game. You know, so again, that's something that's something that's really important. Like,
0: yeah, big time. You mentioned obviously the goal. I mean, uh, Lucan won in the end by 120, by four points, 120 to 116. It did feel when the goal was coming that they were kind of small but pulling clear, but there was still only, I think, a couple of points in it when, when the goal went in. So the goal was obviously crucial in the end to, to, to maybe uh, finishing the game off from a, from a Lucan point of view. Uh, we've spoken about the quality that Nafina have in attack, uh, and the same for Lucan. We've seen Dowser, Kieran Dowling, do very well this year, a, a major. Uh, major part of the uh, Lucan attack, obviously Paul Crummy uh, and obviously Chris Crummy scoring, uh, having a brilliant performance in that in that third quarter in particular in the game. But Paul Crummy's goal and Paul Crummy's performance overall, he was the go ahead man of the match in that game. Again, they have plenty of talent in that attack, which again they will need to have uh, if they're going to go all the way in this championship.
1: Yeah, definitely. And look, I, we often talk about fellas who were who were kind of established and at, at county level or have have excelled at maybe at under twenty level. But like Colin Walsh and, and and Charlie Kerr, who would have both played minor and and, and haven't played under twenty yet, they they were both excellent and, and and really stood up in that area of the field as well, you know, and um, like. Again, one thing I was impressed with with, with Lucan is obviously the goal went in after a couple of seconds of the game and like a, a small goalkeeping error, and Darren Kelly finished it off. But Sean McClellan's um sticking to his laser puck outs to, to his backs after that, and like I, I thought it was a real show of strength um from him in terms of dictating the game, you know, and I t- thought they used them. Um, they use it really well in terms of Alan Murphy coming out of out of the fence carrying ball and and kind of a f- football like for, for for want of a, a better description of, of giving it and going again having 1-2 uh, coming out, out of defence before delivering it into the, into the forward. so yeah there, there, there was plenty there that 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 was good from Lucan as well you know and they'll be they'll be looking to but both themselves and Nafina it'll be It'll, it'll, it'll be happy enough that they're playing each other and, and kind of look to to push into that game in, in, in two weeks time like
0: Yeah and a, a pretty positive year as well for Craig Keron overall obviously getting out of the group and you know really really giving it a go in this in this, uh, this quarter final which is maybe a little bit disrespectful of them you know but in terms of they cer- certainly will be proud of their performance in this game against uh, Lucan the the last day. overall how do you assess Craig Huron's year?
1: And um, you know what? knowing one, Many of the people involved there—they'll be really disappointed with the result against Nafina. And um, but like their performance against Whitehall two weeks ago was absolutely top class. And um, just dominate them from start to finish. And like they—they'll they'll be disappointed. They would—they—they they would have expected internally within the camp to to a battle and, and to push on to a semi-final, and they like. That's the that's the mentality there. Like they're not happy with going on. We we competed with some of the some of the, the larger scale clubs or whatever, and they want to be winning the championship. And that's the that's the the way they're approaching it. You know, and like on, on an individual level, there's there's I'd say there's a number of them really happy with with their performances. And I, I I'd imagine there's there's a couple of them there who'll be possibly in line for blue stars at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, big time. Um... So there were the two Saturday games and really, really uh, fantastic games. Two, two brilliant games. Nafina beating Jude's and Lukan Sarasas beating Crave Kieran. We were hoping for something similar on Sunday. And uh, well, certainly we got it from the Bowden Kula cool point of view. Kimmel Kud and Plunkets again started like one of these games, which there could be a big surprise in the cards here. Plunkets, I think, were eight points to four up after about 20 minutes of the game. They started really, really well. Uh, and and Croaks were under a lot of pressure. They did kind of turn it around in that last 10 minutes of the first half. Uh, I think they, yeah, it was 14 points to nine by halftime. So in that last 10 minutes, uh, Croakes uh, out, outscored Plunkett by 10 points to one in the last 10 minutes of the first half. That's really where uh, Crokes got going and kind of had their purple patch. I never really looked back after that, but that's certainly that first 20 minutes. It really looked like it could be a, a, a humdinger on the cards.
1: Yeah, do you know what? Yeah. It was it was one of the games, and over the course of the four games, I I, I felt that there was there was huge differences in how the management teams approached the game, and and like it, it's a really good sign for for Dublin horland that we we'll say it wasn't a case that three or four teams were trying to win a game in the same manner. There was different strategies being employed by 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 different management,s and Crokes probably probably the most different of. Of, of, of all of them particularly in in, in terms of their, their defensive setup or whatever like even when Plunkets were were eight points to four up I didn't feel there was ever really a chance of of Plunkets winning and and that was kind of down to croaks were playing their game and they were I suppose playing the percentages that we're going to continue doing this for the 60 minutes and it's going to lead the scores coming on the board as the as the game progresses like um and, like, the, the interesting thing in that period where it goes from kind of 8 4 to the flip at half time of, of it being 12 9 or 14 9, you wouldn't have noticed Croaks were kind of getting ahead on the scoreboard so much because they were getting really efficient points. Darpurse was getting the points, stepping backwards, clipping it over the bar. Um, Alex and Alex Constein, Roland Hayes, they were they were just clipping points with ease to an to to an extent and and then you kind of look up at the scoreboard and you think jesus plunkets are after been excellent there in the first half and they're they're five points down like mm-hmm. you know which is like because because i i did think plunkets I, I did think plunkets went went well mm-hmm. obviously the loss a Keane Boland um was massive like whatever whatever slim chance they had they, they, they need to have their their marquee player on the pitch, um, But like in that in that first period, we we'll say the likes of Noel Archer and and, and Sean Clark, and when they were shooting, they were going over. But then in that second quarter, Sean Clark and who, who I thought had a really good first half, and um, a couple of his shots, and his brother came on for his brother came on for Kane Boland. They hit a couple of wides. That right decision to shoot just execution just just didn't go over. Um and them three or four points that, that kind of go a begging, they were going over at the far end. Like and for 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 Plunkett, for Croaks to be clicking clipping 126, like the likes of Kula and and Nafina, they kind of finish with them scores after the 80 minute mark. You know, so that shows a difference there. And I just I just really like how how croaks are set up. Um and I do think so obviously they're playing Kula, who they, they bet by a considerable amount in the first game. I think that has absolutely zero relevance on what's gonna happen in the in the semifinal. Um Kula obviously have three or four fellas back that, that didn't play that game, um, whereas Croaks are kinda of have shown their hand and and, and maybe maybe they, they have something different to offer. Um but I, I for, for me the, the, one of the key things with, with Croaks is um Park Linehan and, and Mark Rogan and their delivery of ball into the forwards, into the two into the two big lads in the full forward line, they, they very much they hit quality ball in all the time, bouncing in front of them or equally sure if it's lumped in, Alex and and, and Ron are going are gonna be able to contest it really strongly. So it, I think with that game um I, I, I think they're they're going to have a decision to make of how are they going to deal with Con? How are they going to deal with Sean Moore? And how are they going to deal with David Tracy, etc. and forwards and and Mark and them came in. Maybe Liam Murphy will be back. I, I, I don't know how he is. He obviously missed the weekend. Um, there's Cool. will have far more attacking threats than, than than they did in that day. But like Croxton, it's just just interesting. Um, in, interesting to see how it goes. You know. Um, and like one thing, one thing is th- th- their their backs are young and they're energetic and they're 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 full of buzz about them, you know. And like w- one thing that was interesting, like they, they started with, with with three backs who were on that clash own team that that won the, the Leinster Schools title there in twenty twenty and th- three three really good three really good young lads, and um, and then sure Davy Crow and Mark Rogan are, are are just as young as well. Um so it'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see um it'll be interesting to see how, how they they deal with the challenge of the cooler forwards because I think it's it's a much different challenge to to what Plunkett's posed them at the weekend.
0: Um you mentioned the Keen Bowland injury, how costly was that to Plunkett's And overall, how do you assess Plunkett's year? It's been pretty decent, obviously, in a lot of ways. They will be disappointed with the performance and the result the last day. But overall, how do you assess the year?
1: Yeah, do you know what? And I think I said this before the Fogs game that they really needed to win because they needed to to, to show kind of tangible process, uh t- tangible tangible progress going forward, which I think they did. They did show by getting to the quarterfinal. And um, I, I, I think they had a lot of young lads who 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 they, who they got involved and um, like for me killian hayes was was a standout in terms of um scoring from distance from midfield i thought he was really good throughout the year um and he's only going to get he's only going to get better um look obviously niall archer was 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 a big addition to them um it'd be interesting to see if if he'll be there next year or, or or what the story is and but they've they've a lot of they've a lot of good young fellas who who look to push on you know um like Ben McSweeney kind of got his first year of of, of playing championship senior championship Orland, same with Neil Clerken, um same with Jack O'Shea, and like then the likes of Tom Cullen and and Connor Scully, etc., they're getting another year under the belt. So they're going in the right direction. They are going in the right direction. And um I, I, I'd say they're they're happy with, with how they went, but they won't be they'll they'll be looking to progress on further again next year.
0: Um, you mentioned the uh, Alex Considine and Ronan Hayes, I think, earlier on. The twin towers in, inside an attack. Uh, Alex Considine was the go-ahead man of the match at the weekend. We've seen what Ronan Hayes can do in this championship as well against Kula the last day. The first day out, he, he scored a hat-trick. Uh, they're the kind of focal point of that chemical croaks attack. Uh, how important are they, are they to how croaks play and how important are they that they have a decent game the next day against Kula if they're to, if they're to go on and, and win the game?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I think they've been excellent. I like Crokes, as I said, are giving good quality ball in from the likes of Mark Rogan and and, and Paul or whatever. And um, but it's the fact that even if quality ball doesn't go in, they're still in with a really strong chance of, of of winning it. And one thing that that I actually liked, and and it didn't come off at the at the weekend. I think Fergal whiteley's having a really really good year for them. He made a number of kind of kind of deep runs trying to get in as the boys were winning ball and trying to get off their shoulder. Now, probably in three, and four, three or four occasions in the match he ended up doing that and didn't get on ball. Um I think getting on a ball or two like that against Cooler could 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 be the real difference with Fergal coming on and facing the goal and, and 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 really driving at them, you know. Um so yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a really interesting one and Kind of going into that, like Jake, Jake will probably look to kind of sit back and and, and protect that area, and it's what it's what Croaks end up doing with the likes of Fergal and O'Shane around that that area of the field. Then and 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 and, and even their parcel How are they going to clip points from outside and also being able to deliver ball in? But I think Croaks are able to do and num hurt you on the scoreboard in a number of different ways.
0: We've had three uh, really good games, obviously, uh, over the weekend. Then we came into the last game of the weekend, which was uh, Kula versus Ballyboden saint mendez A lot of people expecting fireworks in this game, and it turned out to be the case. It was an exceptional game of hurling. Went all the way to extra time, and even it was two scores at the very end. David Tracy with a peach of a score from the right sideline and Conor Callaghan from the left-hand side uh, winning it by two in the end. It literally could have swung the other way if paul Ryan had a, had a free at the at the end which again we didn't know how much time injury time was left but if that had gone over that could have been the winner um how, how, i mean <laughs> trying to assess this game it was one of those frantic games of hurling where uh it, it just nip and tuck the whole way one of those games that it looked like a team would pull clear and then they could they didn't pull clear and and uh, the other team came back at it how, how do you assess the game overall
1: yeah do you know what it, it, it obviously it was it was the most enjoyable game at the weekend, um, from from my perspective, anyway, um, because I, I just felt there was so much going on throughout the, throughout the field and at different stages, and um, like there was a number of really interesting tactical things that went on um, over over the course of it, like, um, like. Obviously, Simon Lambert has been playing in the backs and they pushed him up to centre-forward to kind of sit on Jake and that did neutralise Jake and, and the impact he has on the game. Um, but I suppose then Simon had to go and kind of fill holes back back to field then in the second half. I thought James Madden's performance on on Sean Moran was absolutely top class um, and particularly in the context of we we'll say Sean Moran was after getting that goal that came back off the post and over the next 15 minutes uh, James Madden scored three points from play from driving forward and like like coming from coming from deep and just he he was excellent and like he shut down Sean Moran And I, I I think shutting down Sean Moran is, is is a really really big challenge because I think his, his, his ability to score and cause havoc in the forwards is it is, is up there with, with with what con's doing you know and it's i suppose it's, it, it's a pity that teams don't have one two and three james Maddens to be able to to shut down them key forwards but he was he, he, he was really top class and like even even i like can and an I praise praising Bowden here at the moment even though even though they lost because i thought they'd done a lot right like there were stages when Finn McGarry was out in front of his his full back line, kind of marking off space, um, to try and stop Sean Brennan from delivering ball and stop Sean Brennan from delivering ball into into Conn and in into the inside, you know. And I thought that was it was really really brave by um really brave by by Bowden to be to be trying that, you know and. Yeah, it was good, and like even like, jeez, I thought Niall no, like McMorrow gave an exhibition at, at at full forward in terms of his movement, winning ball out in front, and and like he took he took some amount of punishment as well from from Keno Callahan, and he kept he, he, he kept going, and um, but in saying that, like like, Kula, Kula just kind of endure as well, and I, I really like the fact that we will say in that kind of clutch period of a time of extra time that they ended up getting like it was David Tracy who shot and it was Con O'Callaghan who shot. And they're kind of similar ish to to Croaks that sorry to, to Crave that they get their real key men on the ball in shooting positions. And it's it's a sign of a really good team when they have shooters and they can get them on the ball to do the damage on the scoreboard. But like even even added to that, um like John Sheen and gave an exhibition as well of, of, of driving forward with ball, and like German O'Flynn got a great score as well in, in in the second half. He 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 kind of stood his man up and, and kind of went at him on the on the sideline, and just there was just there was so much going on, and um like I, th- I thought Michael Conroy was really good in the full back line, and um, which is which is great to see, and um, yeah, so like there was just there was an awful lot there. There was an awful lot happened, um and like if the match went on for another 20 minutes Bowden could have won or like there was never it was never going to get to a stage where one team won by five or six points they're just too evenly matched like it was fantastic
0: yeah, yeah. and again you, you have to praise you know Bowden in, in a lot of different ways uh, in terms of I think Kula moved four points clear at one point in the second half and Bowden came back to level it again that goal in the first half I, I, I think a bar, like, until the end of normal time I don't think Bowden led uh, after that goal, I think the goal went in after about ten minutes, and from then on, Kula never trailed in the game until I think until extra time. Bowden went a point ahead at one point, but that goal obviously proved crucial in the end because they were always just slightly outside of the reach for Bowden to to, to go ahead. Obviously, they were level at, at different times, several different times during the game, but that goal kind of really meant that Kula were always had, always slightly had that upper hand.
1: Yeah, and like. If if you look at it like it's it's real fine margins like Sean Moran got on the end of that ball as it came off the post and Con actually hit the post twice in, in in that in that first half period and they ended up getting a goal off it whereas like I know Paddy Donlevy drove forward and had had a really good effort that hit the post and spiraled off out on, on onto the sideline on the far side but like they got. Cooler get a goal off there when nothing comes off the the two Bowden ones that, that hit the post. And them fine margins are are, are something that's 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 really important. And like f- for me, the, the most critical part of the of, of the whole game was was Sean Brennan's save from, from Pierce Christie. And like Pierce Christie came on and he was buzzing about the place and he was really, really good. And Pierce Christie put the put the shot in exactly the position. He needed to put the shot, he put it low, he put it down into the corner, and Sean Bren- Brennan made an, an excellent save. And like if you think back to the Bridget's game as well and the save he made from Keeno O'Sullivan, like Sean Brennan has been has been absolutely outrageous in goal so far in this championship. And like the fact that, that Kula are still up there and still one of the favourites to be winning the championship, a lot is down to them fine margins and and, and how good he's been.
0: Yeah, the fine margin, fine margin certainly with the case here because it was a two point win. And like I say, right into that David Tracy score, which was probably about two minutes into injury time at the end of extra time when he won it. Paul Ryan had literally hit the post seconds before, and if that had gone over, that could have been the winning point. So literally, it was down to down to the the, the, the inches in the end. Um, I spoke we spoke earlier about Neil Calacon and and how maybe he'll look at that game. and and be delighted with the fact that, you know, it might might bring some of the guys and the talk might, might calm down the talk of Nafina. Um, I would say John Toomey's delighted with the kind of commentary around Kula over the past two weeks, especially after that Kimmel Cook Rogue's game. A lot of people kind of writing them off and feeling that they're that they've been that they're a spend force and they're they're not gonna win the title the, the championship this year and and they've reached, they've reached the pinnacle of where they're going to be and they're not going to win, not win another country title pretty much. That is sort of uh, the stuff you want to hang on the dressing room wall before, before games and in, in, uh, in training sessions to keep these guys driving on because they have won so much. They've done so much. It'd be very easy for them to kind of hang their hat on the table and go, no, no, it's, it's fine. We have done enough. But stuff like that really, I'm sure, drives them on. And we saw at the weekend, there's still plenty of life in Culliette. In
1: yeah. Look, definitely, and like I know a few weeks ago I would have, I, I I thought and I said that 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 Bridget's would be Cooler and Cooler come through two huge battles since and I certainly uh, I I can't I can't call between the four teams that are left and um, I think we're gonna have two great semi finals and Kula Kula with the experience they have and the men who are there who know how to win their it's, they're 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 delighted to be still there and for there to be a, a small bit of talk that they're possibly doing or whatever you know, and um, I think look it's 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 a great it's a great situation to to, to be in you know.
0: Yeah, big time. Um, I'm gonna. You, you said you can't pick between all four teams. Before we go, I'm gonna ask you to uh, to predict these semi-finals. Um, we'll start with the Luke and Stars versus the FINA game first. How do you see this one going?
1: You know, I I genuinely I genuinely don't know who's going to going to win them. Um, like we had two games this weekend that that went to extra time. Like I'm not looking to cop out here now or anything. <laughs> I, I really I really amn't, but um, I I just think they're they're fascinating games because all four teams kind of have different strengths and and, and do things really well like one thing Neil O'Callaghan said at, at one stage after a game was like Nafina weren't going to be found wanting in terms of a battle and a fight and I think that matches up really well with Lucan who are really dogged as well and that's going to that's going to kind of be 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 real and in, in, intriguing on that side whereas we will say the the psychology of the that that south south Dublin battle between Croaks and cooler where obviously Croaks hammered them earlier on in the year like that has as I said it already has no bearing on on the game, and um, but cooler just seemed to be seemed to be just managing to get on and and um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how the young lads in the Croaks defence. Um, step up to mark, and them highly experienced them um, them highly experienced cooler lads, and it, it, it's kind of an important one for for Dublin hurling to an extent, and um, because like them young lads are kind of their age profile. If they can push on for for Crokes, and really drive into that game, it could be it could be really good for, for their confidence because they've obviously a lot of them lads have been successful at own and successful at minor with Crokes They've they've won Leinster titles with, with Dublin at minor and under twenty. And if 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 they push on, we could we could see see them kind of a change in the guard as well with, with Dublin. So the 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 thing that's really interesting for me is the amount of good young lads that are there and, and are playing well and obviously a lot of the senior county lads are going well and I think I think it's all very positive for, for Dublin going forward. So I, I haven't answered your question there at all because I haven't thought
2: about
1: <laughs> I haven't thought about it. And I genuinely, like, I, I don't know who's going to win. Couldn't tell you. They're, they're fascinating battles.
0: Yeah, you set it up very nicely for two, uh, two really great games to come in the weekend after next. It's Lucan Sarsfields versus Nafina in the go-ahead Dublin Senior A Hurling semi-final and Kula versus Kimmel cook and in the other game, two games which you really can't wait to uh, see. Paul O'Brien, thank you very, very much for joining us this week to look back on the action from uh, the quarterfinals and look ahead to what's to come in the semifinals. Thanks very much.
1: No problem, Derek. Thanks.
0: Okay, welcome back now it's time for our club focus slot and I'm delighted to be joined by the Ranley Gales chairman Joe Davitt this week. Joe thanks a million for joining us. Hey Derek how are you thanks for having me. Not at all Joe. Uh, we spoke to Kevin O'Shockensey from Castlenock last week on last week's show uh, Joe and we heard that the club Castlenock was formed back in 1998 a pretty young club from uh, a Dublin GA point of view but Ranley is even younger. Tell us a bit about Ranley Gales where you're based obviously in the Ranley area and when you were formed. Yeah, um, I suppose
2: the the club was formed in 2003 um, by Liam Hagen and a few other people like Dick Morrissey in a pub, actually, in in Smith's pub, I think it was. And um, from there, they they started an adult team, um, which started, I think, in the lower divisions and got up to Division 8. They added a, a women's team to that. And for many years, it was just the two teams, the adults and the women's team. And then in 2012, um, a couple of parents from the local school, the RMDS, uh, parents like David Coyle and Frank Kelly and Colin klusky started the juvenile section with, I uh, may add, the help from the uh, Dublin County Board. So we started um, in Herbert Park and there's a, a little astro area there we used to call the cage. Um, and we started there in 2012 with 50 kids. And that's really where it started. And from 2012, that's only... Uh, I suppose, nine years now. The club has gone from 50 kids to over a 1,000 kids.
0: That's a mental turnaround in a, a, quite a short space of time. I guess the obvious question, and it shows by the fact of how much you've grown over the last number of years, why was the club started back in 2003? There was a feeling of uh, there being no GA representation, obviously, in the area when, when the club was formed back in 2003. And obviously, that's shown by how much you've grown over the last, was it now, uh, 18 years?
2: Yeah, I think the initial driving force was from, from Liam O'Hagan, and Liam would have been involved with Sing Street until they amalgamated with Temple Oak in '99. I think he wanted to do his own thing in the area, um, and he would have, you know, obviously recruited locally here, um, and mostly country people involved uh, in in the club, really, um, for for many years, I guess there was a very few Dubs, and they, obviously that's starting to change. I think when I, then when I went playing for for Ranelagh, I suppose in the 2009-10 I think it was the first uh, Ranelagh person native to actually play for the club. Um so you know, it it has taken a while for it's taken a while for the club to kind of um, have its own kind of uh, local people from Dublin six and four uh, playing for it, but. Um, yeah, I guess bringing a gate of games, Dublin 6 and Dublin 4, you know, Clonagale are down the other end near Ring's End, but in this area, um, you know, that's really what where the focus is and it's kind of mushroomed into a, you know, from having just kids playing in, in Herbert into so many other facets.
0: You mentioned there you have a thousand uh, kids now. Uh, at, I'm, I'm sure uh, at, at the weekend, is a busy time for yourselves, like every every other club around the county and around the country. Um, that's a huge number of uh, of kids to be dealing with. Tell us about the work you're doing at juvenile level to, I guess, grow the grow the club even more in the area because it's such a big area as well that you, that you have covered. A huge potential for yourselves to grow as a club going forward. Tell us about what you're doing at juvenile level um, every week and. Guess You have Simon Lambert in there, former Dublin uh, player as well. Uh, he's he's the GPO um, for, for Randall Gales as well. So tell us about the work that he does as well.
2: Well, I suppose,
0: you know, when we started
2: in 2012 to 13 in, in Herbert, we, we, there was maybe four or five-year-olds, six-year-olds there. You know, as it went along, we were, you know, to be honest, just making it up as we went along, we didn't have the experience. Very few people in the club had a GA background. You know, and, uh, you know, that has advantages and disadvantages. Um, but, you know, as the, as the club grew, we would have um, got a space in Donnybrook Stadium, the two Astro pitches there, which we, you know, uh, are very grateful to Lens Rugby for for renting. Um, so it's good for small-sided games and the academy as well. Um, so we would have started with the small-sided goal games there on the two pitches in Wesley and Bechtouf. Um And then they would have... Um, you know we we a few years later we got a bit of space in Colorado barracks which is um, in ratmines um so we would have had other games there so as slowly as we went along we got little bits here and there And um, but I, I guess you know the main uh, turning point for us was to uh, to Simon coming on board as as gpo in 2015 i mean simon I mean he has huge experience uh, a top player, and hurling. We were in Parnell Park watching him on, on Sunday there against Kula and he's still playing a uh, very high level of hurling and, and football and and he brought that experience to the club, the organisation, the coaching um, and also, you know, with the camps and stuff, he'd bring um, people from from up to, uh, to summer camps, Easter camps, uh, Cool camps, that kind of thing and bring that experience to the club that didn't have it and able to coach, uh, I mean, half the team nearly. in on Sunday, uh, Stephen O'Connor, you had Paddy Dunleavy, mm-hmm. uh, you had uh, Luke Corcoran. They're all coaches there doing summer camps. They're all playing very high-level uh, sport for Bowden. And we're very grateful to Bowden for, for giving us a hand, um, you know, with coaching. Um, so luckily this year now, our oldest group that would have started, turned 16, and they were officially able to coach us Uh, Sorry, to train as coaches and referees. So um, they are officially able to referee now, which is great. It takes the pressure off coaches who are, a lot of them, like myself, double or triple jobbing. Um, So they're able to go and and coach the goal games, or sorry, referee the goal goal games and then coach the academy as well um, on a Saturday morning. And um, it's just fantastic to see them down there, um, 16-year-olds, players themselves, but also Going down on a Saturday morning and giving back, no. and that's what's really what it's about for me. Is that you know that those kids started with the club, um, in 2012, 13, and have grown up with it, and are giving back, and they have grown up with that influence, and it's a positive influence. And really, what it's about is to keep, keep uh, kids playing sport, uh, whatever sport it is. For me, growing up in Ranelle, there was nothing. There was no soccer, no no Gaelic uh, games, and unless you. Unless you went to rugby school or you played hockey for the local school, that was it. And there's very little green space or a pitch to play on. So, I guess that's what we're trying to trying to instill in in the uh, the area at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh, that that idea of of you know obviously when you're a younger club, you don't really have the 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 legacy, I guess, of of younger members in the past who are able to help you when they grow up, and that's obviously yeah. that's gonna that's gonna help you with over the next number of years. The younger guys who were there back in. Uh, in, over the last 10 years and 20 years and more, we'll be able to help you grow as a club over the next hopefully 20 years as well. Um, you've obviously spoken about the juvenile work that you do and the great work that's going on there from a senior level point of view. Where, where are your, uh, your teams at and what are you doing, I guess, from that point of view to kind of grow the club at a senior level as well?
2: Yeah, I, like I said, we started off with two teams, uh, uh, men's and a women's team. They won championship each, two actually for the women. They won in 2010 and and 2019. Uh, recently enough, the E and the D championship. Uh, the men's team won the Junior 2 championship in Parnell Park, which was a great day for club in 2018. Um, I suppose the challenge for us as any junior team in, in the country will know that you need the outfielder and the young coming through. Um at the moment we have our oldest team is under 16. Um and they've been run by by Frank Kelly and David Coyle and uh, uh Paul Gallagher came along as well and they they won the Division Eight uh, league this year. Um again they a they, they, the lot of lads who are actually playing rugby as well in schools like Gonzaga and St. Mary's and they loved they love the guy, they love playing football and um you know they probably will probably play minor next year. And maybe um, they might go up then into the into the adult team. And until I think until the the um the younger blood comes through into the adult teams, um, you know, we might stagn- we might be we might be stuck a little bit, you know. Uh, with with the women's team this year we had two or three of our under 16 girls uh were playing, played a match or two with with the, the women's team. Great to see us again playing the bridging the gap between the juvenile and the adult. Which is, which is what it's about. You need the, the younger players to, you know, to drag them along and get them get more them up. But the participation is just to see that to come to fruition was, was great, it was, was a real milestone for us.
0: We saw during COVID, uh, Joe, um, clubs around the county and around the country helping their local communities a, a huge amount and how they, the clubs and sporting clubs in general, GA clubs and other sporting clubs in general, around the country were helping their local communities during the, the the height of COVID I guess and the lockdowns how has Ranla done I'm sure Ranla did the exact same back in back in, you know a year and a half ago when, when COVID struck and uh, how has Ranla become I guess part of Ranla has become part of the wider Ranla community as opposed to just being a GA club in one maybe one corner of the community it's I'm sure grown now to be, become a big part of the community as well well,
2: I think I think the main thing was that you know, first of all, like when Simon came on as GPO, that he focused on the local schools here, uh, the two Wales schools, School of and Liston Oak, RMDs. Um, but he's also kind of gone into other places like St Louis here in Rap Mines. Um, you've got KPS in Rap Mines. You've got also a big success story would be uh, St Mary's in Donnybrook um so he you know ranelagh would be brought to those um uh those kids and they'd see they'd be visible and simon would be visible there teaching them uh you know basics of gaelic games and stuff so we'd, be, we'd have a visible presence in that regard uh as a as a, a in relation to covid it was very difficult obviously being in lockdown again simon was was helping us out doing videos and stuff getting people you know to exercise on a saturday with zoom and stuff um or teams and um what we did was we, we we uh we did a few fundraisers. We we um raised a few quid for the Ranelagh Community Response and for CMRF, um, Crumlin. Uh A few a few charity drives. Another one we did we we kind of uh, did a um a kind of a run, swim, or cycle or walk around Ireland. We think we went around Ireland twice, Uh that was to raise money for probably one of our. Biggest success stories during COVID last year was to start the Ranler Rockets team, which is the additional needs uh, team that we started through um, Stuart Banks and his wife Ruth. Um, and that is to cater for, for children who have um you know additional needs. And that is that happens on the, on a Saturday morning in Herzog Park in raggar which is a lovely little small little astro, but it's a little bit it's enclosed and and it's not uh, the noise levels will be down a bit and that's has really been a, a big success for us and uh, continues to grow as we as we go. But we obviously, you know, the popularity is is huge and uh, there's a bit of a weakness going. So again, you know, the growth of the club has problems in terms of you've got you know trying to bring uh, coaches on board, you know, get them trained up with COVID. That was difficult because of the the uh, you know the level ones or the foundation courses. A lot of them weren't done. Uh, because of COVID, but hopefully that will all kick in back into gear and get people training up and after safeguarding.
0: Um, you've mentioned there, um, you mentioned earlier on about the, the issues with regards to trying to find a place. You've got so many kind of places around Ranla and and, and the area that you're kind of uh, working out of. Um, in terms of aims and, and plans for the future, I'm sure that's a major part of it, trying to get land for you to be able to grow the club because it's obviously a very it's gro- a, a, a club growing very very quickly you've spoken about the Randall Rockets you've spoken about the, you know the the juvenile teams senior teams it's a club that's growing but you obviously need uh, somewhere to play all these games and, and to train as well.
2: Yeah I mean it's a balance for me you know uh, for me the main thing is, is facilities you know we 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 can't have all all these numbers without having a pitch and right now we be very limited access let's say to pitches you know full size pitches what we need you know in a year or 2 we we'll need two or three even you know and it's hard to see that come to fruition uh especially with the area we're in in Dublin 6 and 4 where we're kind of um borrowing uh, space from rugby clubs and 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 that um really th- trying to get into politicians heads and uh and other people that you know, in order to facilitate a, a full size pitch is one hundred and thirty meters by eighty. A rugby pitch is only hundred meters long, so we can't, you know, put on a, a you know an under 14s matchup on on that kind of space. That's that's only hundred meters long, so that's the that's a big challenge for us trying to get that. And um, so we're kind of using a bit of a uh, call brew which we share with Portobello Ga. Um, so that could, that has its own difficulties in trying to tick tack with them in terms of the the share shared use. Um and then also, you know, we have a small pitch down in Dartry for juveniles. Um and again, you're, you're 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 trying to do your best to try and get everyone giving uh, it get everyone out, get everyone out and, and getting them playing matches, but um it doesn't get away from the fact that we, we need a we need a pitch and this year with the by election on I mean that we were putting that into the candidates' heads that, that ran a, you know, and needs a, a full-size pitch and access to that, you know, because it has, has been difficult uh, during COVID, especially let's say for midweek games, we weren't able to host a lot of our games and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, that'll be, that'll be the primary uh, driver. Um, and also, you, you know, I mean, you couple that with, you know, other aims that we have in terms of gender parity, uh, the club, you know, for 2023 is committed to, gender parity across the club in terms of players and coaches. I mean the, the playing end of things it's it's quite 50 um with the um committee side of it and coaches we're we're getting there but we're committed for twenty three and three and then the small issue then sorry not a small issue but another issue would be the the fact that you know when you're playing out in these pitches uh, the small bits we have is, is to get toilet facilities as well for especially for teenage girls so that they get, they can stay in sport and that's another big challenge is to it's the retention of players as soon as they get to, to secondary school and to keep them playing through teenage years—the difficult part—and get them through to adult.
0: So plenty of ambition to keep growing the club, uh, which is fantastic to see. But as you say, you, there's no point in growing the club and continuing to grow the club if you don't have places to actually do all these things and to to train and to, to play. And obviously, so that is a major uh, major issue for yourselves going forward. And hopefully that that can be worked out. Um. Plenty of people would like to get involved in GA clubs around the county, but they probably don't know how to do that. And I'm wondering from your own point of view, how do people get involved in the club either as a volunteer, uh, you know, coach or maybe from an admin point of view? I'm sure there are plenty of things that people can get involved in, in Randall and Gales. How do they go about doing that if they wish to?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously if they're, you know, at this stage now, we're, we're heading into November. So I think we're pretty full with the, With the academy side of things, we have, I think it's 310 kids uh, between 2014, 15, 16. So we're we're jam-packed in that regard. But, you know, you kind of say to parents and and to anyone else in the area to to try and get involved in any level, whether it's coaching or or just even committee, because it ends up being the same people doing the three or four roles within the club when you need that help to keep going, otherwise... It, it can't continue um you're stretched to the, to the max. So if people are interested you know, the website is pretty good. It has all the list of contact details on it. If you have any kind of interest in, in, in playing or or, or coaching or even doing a bit of admin um, yeah, everything's on the website.
0: Great. So, so it's ranlegales.ie is the website. So uh, check out ranlegales.ie to get involved with the club because it looks like it's, a club that's going from strength to strength over the next, what's well, 18 years old now, so another 18 years time. I, I might chat to you again and see where you are then. You just want to get through the next eight months. <laughs> Good stuff. Joe, listen, thanks so many for joining us and the very best of luck with everything over the next few months and years as you continue to grow. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. Joe Davitt there, and that is the Go Ahead Dublin Championship show for this week. A reminder of the games on a busy week on Dubs TV this week in the Go Ahead Dublin Senior 1 Football Championship. Five games in all live on Dubs TV this week from Parnell Park. The action gets underway on Wednesday evening. It's the playoff in the Go Ahead Dublin Senior 1 Football Championship. Group 2, Volunteer St. John's taking on Castlenock on Wednesday evening at half past seven. That game live on Dubs TV. And then it's the quarterfinals over the weekend. St. Jude's taking on Thomas Davis on Saturday afternoon at three o'clock. Ballymun Kickens versus Lucan Sarsfields on Saturday at five. Ballyboden, St. Enda's taking on either Cassinock or Ballinteer St. John's on Sunday at two. With Chemical Croaks versus Nafina rounding off the weekend, Sunday at four o'clock. All those games live on Dubs TV, all at Parnell Park. Tickets are available as well for, for those four games. Check out dubbingaa.ie. For details on that. We're going to be back next week to take a look back at those quarterfinals. In the meantime, keep an eye on the Dublin GA social media channels. We are at Dub GA Official on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest Dublin GA news. Thanks for watching and goodbye.